Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. Please join us on Wednesday, March 8th to celebrate International Women's Day at the third annual Empowerography Live Women's Online Conference. The event will be running from 9.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will have 31 of the most incredibly inspirational, transformative, and influential women around who will be speaking at the conference. You can pick up tickets on my website at www.empowerographypodcast.com. They're on sale now for only $20 Canadian. That's $15 for our U.S. friends. We hope to see you there. Hello there, everybody. Good afternoon. My name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Marcy Dumphy. She is a women's self-discovery guide. Marcy, welcome. I am so happy to have you here, and I'm excited to jump in and share more about your story and your journey. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much. I'm grateful to be here with you. And how are you doing today? (laughs) Doing really really wonderful. My day started out beautifully with my son on the beach and just a beautiful way to start our day together. Well, I would have to say I definitely agree with that. I wish I could start my day out on the beach. It's pretty shitty here. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, winter, the winter months, that's the way it goes living in Canada, as you well know. Yes, I do. (laughs) So let's jump right in, Marcy. Your credentials state that you're a board-certified psychosynthesis life coach. How long have you been doing this work? So with those particular credentials, I graduated the program last May. So, you know, with those credentials, whatever, however long that is, but I've been in the coaching space for about nine and a half, coming up on 10 years now, working specifically with women to help them reach their goals and create multiple revenue streams. And so I took that shift into bringing in another layer, another element of coaching last year. So I'm curious then, you have the official title or credential, but you choose to use the terms women's self-discovery guide. Was that just, it just sounds better. It flows better. It feels better intuitively. And for you, is that why you prefer using that as opposed to psychosynthesis life coach? Well, that's a great question. So for me as a coach, let's say, I really feel called towards helping women to discover for themselves what is going on within them. And so when we hear coach or mentor or words like that, we tend to go back into the patterns and looking for the answers outside of ourselves. And so my mission really is more so about helping guide women to the answers that are within. And mm-hmm. so for me, that's really important, that that element of self-discovery and being a guide along the journey of finding that out for themselves. I personally love that you use the word guide as opposed to coach, because there is that differentiator in mindset when you see the word coach or you see the word guide. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah thank you. So I'm going to stick with the coach thing for now. What is a psychosynthesis life coach and what's the difference between a regular life coach, a regular life coach and a psychosynthesis life coach? 
Well, you know, there's a sea of coaches out there, right? Yeah. And we are living in a time which is really beautiful where we're opening up and we're expanding and we're wanting to experience and receive help and support from outside of ourselves. And within that, you know, there's so many options. You know, there's so much information at our fingertips today. And with life coaching, there's so many different women and men in the coaching space and who have different modalities, different techniques, or just their own experiences. And so for me, coming from the world of business coaching and really following sales strategies and smart strategies and all of that, it was really important for me to bring in the element of spirituality and to bring in, you know, the non-physical, the energy, the universal energy around all of us. And so for me, Becoming board certified psychosynthesis life coach really brought in the elements that really helped me in my healing journey and discovering who I was. And so that's why I chose that particular certification. Now, the certification itself, psychosynthesis, is about bringing in all of who we are, not just right. the mind, but bringing in the body, bringing in the non-physical spiritual energies, and also the world around us, the universal energy all around us. So that's really what psychosynthesis is about, is bringing in all parts of who we are and looking at all aspects, all layers so yeah. that we can really come to that inner truth of who we are in this physical space that we live in. I love that. I think that's beautiful. That sounds more interesting to me, bringing in all elements and embodying all the elements. Yeah, it's really important because, you know, if we only look at one facet of our life, let's say, you know, the physical plane that we live in, or if we're only looking at, you know, the psychology of the mind, we're missing out on some really huge pieces of who we are. You know, we're missing out on the intuition piece. We're leaving out the, the energetics of who we are and, you know, all of our functions as a human. And it's it goes beyond just the mind, which you know, traditional psychology is really all focused on that major aspect of the mind. So I love bringing in all parts of who we are, because then we get the really, you know, we get the big picture and we also can hone in on all of those areas of our life. It's on a deeper level for sure. Oh, yes. It really, really goes into the depths of who we truly are at the seed of the soul. I recently interviewed a woman and she calls or refers to herself as a spiritual forensics expert, <laughs> Oh, I <love laughs> which I thought that. was really interesting. Yes. Very, very cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as the coach that you are, why have you decided to focus your business of coaching specifically on women? And did this decision somewhat come out of, or was it born out of some of your own personal struggles? Absolutely. Yes. So for me, it's really important to, and this is part of, you know, I think what makes me unique as a guide is that I believe in having experience and living what I coach or what I guide, right? And so yeah. for me as a woman, it's very important to me to be able to speak to other women who, you know, maybe have similar struggles that I have gone through or, you know, like, you know, divorce and loss and grief and all of that. Um, because from a female perspective, it's very different, you know, and while we all are experiencing 
the world, right? And what's yeah. happening. The experience that women have is very different from what a man has. And it's just the fact it is. And even from woman to woman, you know, or man to man, our perspectives are very different. And so for me, it was important to define working with women because that's who I am. And that's who I have nine and a half years of experience working with and really getting to know and understand all of the, the background and all of the, you know, the belief systems and the conditionings and, you know, all of the parts of who we are as women and what we experience in the world. And so it's really my mission to help women, you know, kind of reclaim their power and remember who they are. And listen, I love men. Don't get me wrong. I'm, <laughs> I'm not like a, you know, a man hater. And I love men. Yeah. I'm a single mom to a son who is just my heart, right? And so, yeah. but for me, there's men out there and there's women out there who can coach men and give them what they need. I don't feel that I would be as high of service in okay. that space. Yeah. Well, that's good that you have that self-awareness though, because some people don't and they would just jump in and coach just because, you know, so that's great that you have the self-awareness. Yeah, it's a huge piece to guiding, right? Is For sure. knowing our strengths and knowing where to harness that energy and who to serve. Because if you're serving, trying to serve everyone in the world, you're distilling yourself down, right? Or you're putting too many hands in too many different places. You're you're diluting things. Diluting. You're watering or watering everything down. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your own personal journey and struggles? I would be honored to share. So I'll share kind of, I guess, three of the, the overarching moments, which I refer to as the three Ds, divorce, okay. death, and magical destinations. So I would say my true personal development awareness journey started with my divorce, from my son's father. And that, you know, has been probably, oh my gosh, eight, at least eight years ago now. And so as I was navigating what that looked like for me and the grief of what I thought my life was going to be and restarting again and trying to figure out, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this all? I was running a, you know, a thriving business and was a single mother and kind of, you know, going at it on my own. And I found myself in this place where I just didn't know what to do. And it was really in a moment, I'm going to get very vulnerable here and share a very soft moment for me that really opened me up to myself. And I, you know, like many women and many people was numbing myself through the pain of my experience of my divorce. And I had gotten to a place where, you know, I was going out and drinking heavily on the weekends and when I didn't have my son and I found myself, it was, you know, about three or four months after my divorce, I found myself in this place where I was just numbing myself so much. And after a weekend of heavy partying, I found myself on my shower floor for about three days and wow. yeah, and I was laying there. I thought I was going to die, to be honest. Like that's what it felt like. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And there was a small voice inside of me that very vividly and clearly said, Marcy, get up. This is not going to be your life. This is not who you are. And 
From that little voice, I mean, I pulled myself out of the shower, I crawled across the floor into my bed, and I healed myself enough to where I could then start making, you know, movements forward with my life. And so that moment was really pivotal for me to hear that faint voice and to say, okay, enough is enough, Marcy. You are meant so much more than this. And from that moment, that's really what, um, you know, started my spiritual journey too. And not just personal development, but really like, okay, who was that voice? Like, what was that? (laughs) So I'll leave you with that one for now, because that was, you know, the start of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for being vulnerable and for sharing that. That's an incredible start to the journey. And it's such a pivotal moment. Yeah, it really, really was. Everything changed from that moment for me. So how do you think that these experiences, I mean, yes, you shared that one. And of course, there's multiple other experiences that kind of were the catalyst to push you towards the life you're living now. How have the all of these experiences helped shape the Marcy you are today, both personally and professionally, like for your clients as well, do you think? Well, you know, from a client perspective, I think I know because I have such strong experience in so many different facets of life, you know, and not just challenges. I have experience in massive success and building up a multi-million dollar organization in an online space that's really hard to do. And so my experience in all of these different areas of life and, you know, from the challenges of divorce and single parenthood to my brother's death two years ago and through all of that, for me, what I've been able to, I guess, the wisdom I've gleaned from it is a different perspective on life. And I think that when we can hold ourselves with a bifocal vision, that bird's eye view, and we can see ourselves, we can see, yes, this experience that I'm having right now and this challenge that I'm in. And also, you know, there's this bigger lens that we can hold for ourselves and detach from the experience and detach from, you know, the control of the outcome and all of these things. And then We can be resilient through our life and through these experiences and all that we are feeling. So for me, I guess, you know, that's a big question. It's a really big question. And it's, it's hard to, you know, bring down into one simple answer because what I have learned is so vast and so much wisdom about who we are as humans and who I am as a human being and as a spirit on this earth and, you know, our purpose here. And so for me, these challenges and these experiences have brought me deep, deep self-awareness and realization. And so that's the piece that I really work and aim to pull in with the work with my clients is to help them, you know, see their life from that kind of bifocal vision, that different lens of perspective, and to really be able to, you know, sit with their pain, sit with their experience and feel it, and also move forward with love and understanding and compassion for themselves and for others. That's important. Self-awareness is so key and so important to our growth and personal mm-hmm. development. It's, it's, mm-hmm. and not a lot of people have the self-awareness. It's a challenging piece for most humans. Yeah, it's for sure. very challenging. And unless you really want to go into that place and you really are in a space of, okay, like, 
what's going on. I am so ready for more. I am, you know, I'm ready to figure myself out. Until yeah. someone comes to that place of really wanting it for themselves, the seed of self-awareness is hard to find. I'll say For that. sure. And I mean, you have to be willing to do the work as well, to mm -hmm. put the work in to get to that space, because there's a big mindset shift that's involved as piece as a piece of that as well. Yeah. And you know, I believe that it goes even beyond the mindset shifts, mm -hmm. right? Like this is, I mean, complete shift of essence, you know, the yeah. essence of who you are. And so when we go into that space of like self-awareness and finding out who we are, it's a complete life shift when you go into that. It changes everything. It changes the way you see the world and yeah. yourself and other people when you are self-aware because that's knowledge. When you are self-aware, when you have this knowledge of why you show up in certain ways or you know, react in certain situations or are triggered or believe something, then you're also able to have awareness of others. And when we have awareness of ourself and others, it changes the world. It changes our interactions. It changes our relationships. It changes, you know, how we show up in this world. And that shifts the planet. It's complete transformation. Yes. And it's beautiful. And like you said, it takes work. Yeah. But this is the work that our souls came here to experience. This For is the sure. work. 100%. So with all that being said, what would you say has been your biggest or most valuable lesson from all of these experiences? What is your biggest takeaway or one of your biggest? I mean, <laughs> to distill it down to one in particular is tough, but so what would be one of your biggest? Okay. You are so much more than you think you are. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. So much more. Yes. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> we come to believe who we are based on the world around us and how we grow up and our family of origin and our religions and, you know, the societal expectations and beliefs. And my message, my biggest thing is you are so much more than all of that. Love you it. are so, so much more. We're all meant for so much more. Yeah. What is it then that sets you and the work you do as a we'll use the word guide instead of coach. <laughs> and why would someone choose to work with you over someone else? Well, honestly, I think that there are so, so many wonderful coaches and healers and guides. And I truly feel that each person who is called to a particular guide is meant to cross paths with that person. So I won't say that I am, you know, more qualified or better than any other guide, so for me, again, it's really about helping my clients find their own answers and come to their own truths because I don't believe that I have all of the answers for everyone. I have my own personal experience and I have the, the training and the tools and the techniques to help bring people to their own inner guidance and their own inner wisdom. So that's what's important to me. And, you know, so I say, if someone is telling you that they have the answers for you, run away. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. 
You know, that's probably just to be aware of that, right? And so as we are choosing our guides, as we are choosing who to work with in our life, there's some things to really consider. And I consider this as I choose my coaches and my guides and my healers. And it's not so much about what their credentials are or their qualifications or even their years of experience. That matters. Those things all matter. And the way you feel with a person, right? Like that is just as important. How do you feel in the presence of that person, whether it be on their social media or whether that be on a phone call with them, that really matters too. If you feel held and supported and loved and understood, then that's your place to be. That's who to move forward with. And so that's my biggest goal as a guide is to be able to create a really safe, loving, understanding, sacred space for my clients to be able to go into that wisdom. It's there. Their wisdom, their answers are there. And it can be scary to go into that place. And so for me as a guide, it's about creating a really safe container for these women to find their own answers and to go inwards and feel safe enough to do that and express that. Beautiful. I mean, I don't think it's the job of any coach or guide to give anyone the answers. It's You're there to provide the tools to help them find the answers within themselves. Yes, that's the, the work of a good guide. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In your opinion, what would you say is the most important quality or skill set in a guide? Honestly, what I just spoke about is yeah. creating that that safety, that container of understanding and compassion and love for your client to be able to experience all of who they are and to go into those moments of self-reflection safely. That's, I think, the key component to building self-awareness and self-love and compassion and understanding. What is it, Marcy, that lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? I've been having quite a few uh, coaching calls, clients lately. And in some of the sessions, I am just so inspired by these women. You know, the work that they are doing, the power that they are taking to show up for themselves and to say, okay, I'm ready to discover. I'm ready to be happier, find more joy. And it's not always the huge shifts and the, and the big moments, right? Like, you know, I had a client the other day who came to this place of realization and she said, you know what? I realize now that I love going for a hike because I get to be the me that I am before I had kids before I was mom. And so it's these moments where my clients are coming to, and I am like, I am just so in awe and inspired in their moments of self-realization. And that is what lights me up. That's why I do this work because it can be challenging as a guide. It's not always easy and, you know, it's difficult work. And so that's what keeps me going is my clients and them showing up for themselves. Beautiful. And a great segue into the next question. On the flip side of that, what is one of the most challenging parts about the work that you do? (laughs) You know, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's the work itself. The most challenging part, I think, of being a guide is remembering who you are and me as a guide and not giving all of the answers. Because here's the thing, the hardest part Okay, I've got it. The hardest part is (laughs) seeing 
someone's innate beauty, wisdom, power, seeing it so clearly right in front of me as I'm working with her and she can't see it herself yet. And so the hardest part is I, you know, I want to just pull her into it. I want to just shout it from the rooftops and tell her. And I also know she is on the path of finding it and discovering it for herself. And that's where the true transformation will come from. So that's the really challenging part for me, seeing that power and that wisdom and that beauty and, you know, her not seeing it fully yet. Yeah. Seeing what they see, which seeing what they don't see just yet. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So in keeping with the same line of questioning, what type of client is your ideal client then? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before deciding that that you're going to work with them? So my clients are really amazing and special and they have come to this place in their life where they're understanding that, okay, I am feeling discontentment. I'm ready for something more. You know, I want to make changes. I want shifts. This just isn't it anymore. So they're at that place of like, okay, I know I meant for more, but they just don't know what the next step is. They don't know, you know, where to make the changes or how to make them. And so my clients are, you know, in that place of knowing that they're meant for more, but they just don't know how to get there yet. Uh And so that's specifically the type of people that I'm working with. And I think what makes them unique and who I love working with and supporting in their journey are the women who are like, okay, I'm ready to show up for myself. I'm ready to do the work, even if it means, you know, having to make difficult changes and switching things up in my life or, you know, letting go of the things that don't light me up anymore. So they're in that space of like, okay, really ready to harness their inner power. I love it. Through your coaching, you say that you love helping women find a new lens in their lives, guiding them to give themselves permission. Why have you decided to make this your personal mission in life? And why is it so personally important to you? So this comes to my second D of my my life story. So my brother passed away unexpectedly two years ago. Very Um, sorry for your loss. Thank you. Thank you. And so sitting with his, you know, the loss and and the grief, and I was also in a space in my life where I had built up an extremely successful career and, you know, I had done all the things I said I wanted to do. I set out, I'm driven, I do the things, I do the work, I'm resilient. And so, you know, I had met and achieved all of these goals. And also I had found myself in that space of discontentment, right? My soul, myself was seeking more and I knew I was meant for more. I knew that I was, and I was stuck. I was stuck in that place of like, oh, but this is everything that I've ever dreamed of. This is everything that I worked for. You know, I can spend my days and my life how I want. I have the financial security that I always dreamed of. You know, I can be really present as a mother with my son because my work hours are what I make them. And also I was just so stuck and discontent because I knew I wanted more, but I didn't know what that was yet. And so I stayed in that place of, you know, dis-ease for, you know, probably about two and a half, three years, to be honest. And with the passing of my brother, he blessed me with this wisdom. And that piece of wisdom in his passing 
was to allow myself to start over, to allow myself to start again and to give myself permission to start over. And so that was the time of my life, which, you know, is fairly recent, two years ago, right? Uh Where I finally gave myself permission to start over again, you know, and that was the piece that was really hard. And I got really real with myself and honest actually recently. And I realized that I had gotten so comfortable in that cushy space of my comfort zone that I had built myself into. Which we all do. Yes, we all do. And that's what holds us back, right? That's the piece that keeps us stuck is we don't want to do the work again. And it's like, will it even be worth it? Right. And so as I gave myself permission to start again, that's when things started to happen divinely. That's when I was led to the Psycho Spiritual Institute where I took my training. And that's when, you know, I was guided to become certified in Usui Reiki and bring in the elements of energetic levels and healing. And so as I allowed myself permission to start again and I released the need to control the outcome and to have the financial ties to it too, which was a big piece. That's when things really started coming for me and shifting for me. And, you know, beautiful experiences came into my life. You know, I moved to Mexico in a matter of two weeks, which is my third (laughs) magical destinations. And so all of these pieces started coming in and it was like, wow, when you give yourself permission magic happens. I love it. You've also said, and you've mentioned it here earlier in our interview, that you live what you guide or what you coach. Can you share Mm -hmm. with us how you do that and the importance of that principle to you personally as a coach or guide? Yeah. So it's so important to me to live what I preach, if you will, right? Because then I have the experience. I actually know the challenges. I know what it takes to actually make these changes and to live this lifestyle of surrendering, of, you know, following your soul's desires, of tapping into your self-awareness and who you really are. I understand what that actually means and what that work actually looks like. So that's why it's so important to me. And hey, I'm here too, right? I'm just another soul on this planet going through my journey and being in my process of exploring and, you know, becoming more and more who I am. And so I follow what my soul is desiring. And when opportunities like the ability to move to Mexico with my ex-husband and his family and our son comes up, then I can, I can deeply trust myself, which is a huge factor, is that self-trust. When we trust ourselves because we've taken the time to have the self-awareness and understanding, then we can take action, take that messy action. You know, when I moved here, I had no idea what it was going to look like, right? I had never really lived abroad in a place like this. So I had no idea how long I was going to be here, what the process of moving to Mexico looked like, you know, and I was also weighted with my ex-husband and his family, like how long they were going to want to be here and live here. And, And so there were all of these factors and I could have let that hold me back. I could have said, oh, well, I don't have all of the answers. I don't know. I'm not going to do it. Or I could have, which I did, just gone for it. And whatever happens, happens. I trust myself. I know myself so deeply 
that I can, yes, harness this amazing experience for my son and I and move forward and trust in myself knowing that I have the tools that it takes to live a life and be happy anywhere. You're living your message. You're living what you what you teach your clients, which is important, I think, as a guide or as a coach, that you have that lived experience or that you're experiencing that, right? Yes. And also as a guide to continue, right? Continue yeah. having the experiences of self-growth and self-awareness. And every piece of growth and knowledge that we gain as guides is more that we can go out and share with the world and with our clients. Exactly. What is one tip or takeaway that listeners can implement immediately to start where they are now? And as you say, and I love that you use this term, MacGyvering their lives. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know if anyone else grew up, you know, or watched MacGyver in their lifetime. Now we're talking about the original MacGyver, right? Not the remake stuff. Yes, original MacGyver. Yes, okay. Okay, good. (laughs) I'm I'm very happy to hear that. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, you know, this is really a principle I live by with starting where you are right now with what you have and taking messy action. So you don't need to be an expert. You don't need to have all of the answers and have, you know, this beautiful step-by-step guide right in front of you. You can start right here, right now, where you're at and take inspired, messy action. So I guess one thing that we can do immediately to be able to start doing that is to take time to breathe. And as simple as this sounds, our breath is our life force energy. It literally connects us to our life. And so many of us are disconnected from who we are for so many different reasons, but also because we don't breathe. We don't take the time for stillness to breathe. And so I know if you're listening to this, you're like, okay, Marcy, we've heard it. Breathe, meditation, you know, all of the things. And really, honestly, that's the number one thing that we all have access to right now that we can start doing is taking time to breathe, taking time for stillness, even if it's 30 seconds in the morning, connecting to your breath. And that will start to bring in so much awareness that just that, you know, those moments of stillness to be with ourselves. But, you know, it's not even about literally, yes, of course, it's about literally taking a breath, but it's also about having the awareness to slow down in life because we have become as a culture, as a society, so concerned with crossing the things off the list and at breakneck speed, I found anyways, over the past year or so that we as a human race, we as human beings don't take the time to slow down and celebrate either. It's like, we've got this list of things, this to-do list, this great big to-do list. We check the things off and then it's like, okay, right away, we're on to the next thing. No one, I shouldn't say no one, but for the most part, we don't take the time to slow down and celebrate and revel in those wins or revel in those accomplishments. So that's part of the slowing down too, not just the literal slow down and breathe, but also slow down and and enjoy the process. Enjoy what you're, you're going through, what you've accomplished. Celebrate that no matter how big or small. Yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful message. 
And, you know, I was actually working with a client the other day and this came up, you know, and she realized that she loves going for her daily walk and on her daily walk in nature, you know, she also has podcasts on or is listening to something informative or whatever. And she forgot that she felt joy on her walk. And so I simply invited her to bring her presence to the feelings of joy on her walk. And so this whole idea of presence is a really key component to experiencing more joy and having the awareness of it because, you know, we forget that, hey, I actually just experienced something really joyful. I actually loved that. And so if we can just tune in, be present with the experience that changes it, that changes the experience itself. And it brings us into a more calm, centered and joyous state when we are present with the moments. Absolutely. It is so important and so integral. Thank you Mm -hmm. for sharing that. Now, Marcy, since you work particularly with women, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women run business businesses in particular, in terms of how you have seen it evolve and how it's continuing to shift and evolve? Mm, Well, I can definitely speak to this. Um, Being an entrepreneur for the last 10 years and being in business and coaching women in business specifically for the last, you know, nine years. So I love women in business. I think it's absolutely critical to the success of our society. And also what I have experienced in, you know, 10 years is that yes, there's this growth and there's this expansion of women in business and entrepreneurship and, you know, female startups. And there's so much beauty in that. And also what I'm very aware of is that we still follow as women in business, we still follow a very patriarchal system in business. And so we're still molding ourselves to the expectations and the ideals of an outside system that may not actually benefit our businesses to the highest degree, that may not serve our clients to the highest degree and ultimately don't serve our system in the society that we live in. So as I have realized myself as a woman in business, I was following a system and reaching for goals that weren't actually mine. You know, these goals that I was setting for myself were based on a system around me of success that I thought you know, when I, yeah, checked that off the to-do list, when I reached this certain place in my career and my business, then I'd be happy. Yeah. Then I would have, you know, done my part and served my clients and my team well, right? Yeah. And what I realized in that business that was extremely successful, and I'm still in it right now, which I'll, I'll speak to in a moment, what I realized is I can be in my business and I can grow in a way that is really aligned with me and what success means to me and who I am and how I want to show up and serve. I don't need to, even if I'm in a particular business and a particular type of business, I don't have to do what everyone else is doing. I don't have to have the same to-do list, right? And the same goals. I can 
make my business and my success very specific to me. And so that's actually what I've done, Brad, is really shift and pivot in my other business that I have and to show up and to be in a way that is really wholesome for me and feels really good for me. And so I've left the need to achieve certain titles and you know, recognition and all of these things that I once thought were going to bring me the fulfillment and the joy and the success. And now I show up in a way that feels really good to me and is actually bringing me success. Beautiful. That I'll be happy when mm-hmm. mindset and way is, is so toxic because oh. you'll never get to that point or you'll get to that point and then it's be, okay, I need more. I need more. I, this isn't fulfilling. And it, it's a horrible way. To, it's a hamster wheel you're living on. Yes. And that's my experience with most of the women that I've worked with in the last nine and a half years is we're on that hamster wheel and we get to the thing and then it's like on to the next. And we take so little time to celebrate who we are and what we've accomplished because it's not actually what our goal really is. Our goal is to find the happiness, the success, the true success that comes from within, not anything outside of ourselves. Exactly. Now, of course, I think it's quite safe for me to say that you're a women's empowerment advocate. What do you do to empower yourself in addition to the women that you empower through your guide and your coaching? For me, empowerment and female empowerment and even male empowerment is taking your power back. And what I mean by that is to stop looking for all of the answers and all of the joy and the success and the happiness outside of yourself and find it from within. That is where your real power lies. That's when you can really take your power back and start living life for you instead of everyone else. And so for me as you know, a woman also, and consistently in the path and the process of healing, because, you know, there's no such thing as healed. We're always learning, growing, evolving, having a new layer to learn from. And so as I continue to dive into my personal power, what's really important for me is taking the time to remember who I am. And I say remember because it's just that we've forgotten. It's not that we don't know who we are and what we really want and you know what we're here for, our purpose. It's that we've simply forgotten. And so as we sit with ourselves, as we give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves first, and that's when the power starts to come back. That's when we start remembering who we are. And so one way that I do that is uh, by taking time for myself. And I put myself first and I make myself a non-negotiable. And many people will say, oh, well, that's selfish. I was just going to say, yeah. (laughs) Yes, because that's what we've been taught. And it's okay. It's okay. And also when we start to put ourselves first and as a non-negotiable, everything in our relationships, in our relationships to, you know, whether that be romantic partners or our children or our colleagues or our clients, when we put ourselves first, that actually makes that system, makes those relationships so much better. So it's actually selfless 
to put yourself first and make yourself a non-negotiable every single day. So for me, it's actually about an hour, hour and a half every single morning to myself first. And you know what? I give myself grace. Like this morning, my son wanted to stay home from school and I don't force him because I allow him to listen to who he is and yeah. what his needs are. So he came to me with the beach this morning. We had a beautiful morning at the beach together, right? And so also not, you know, being strict and having all these rigid lines and boundaries on ourselves with, you know, what that looks like for us. So typically for me, it's, you know, during the weekdays, an hour, hour and a half to myself to remember who I am, to connect to my wisdom, to align with how I want my day to be. And that's how I remember my power and show up for the rest of my day in my power. I love that you made that distinction that it's not that we don't know who we are. We've just forgotten. I love that you made that distinction. And the fact that, yeah, we do need to do this. We do need to take the time for ourselves because of first and foremost for ourselves. Yes, absolutely. We need to take that hour, hour and a half, whatever it is. But the ripple effect that that has when we do that is massive in terms of impact. Absolutely. I mean, think of it like this. Even if you gave yourself five minutes in the morning, it doesn't have to be an hour, hour. No. It can be five minutes. If you, as a parent, gave yourself five minutes in the morning before the kids were awake, you know, or before you rushed off and looked at your phone and caught up on emails or whatever, if you gave yourself five minutes to be with yourself every single morning, and I challenge all of your listeners (laughs) to do this, Look at how that changes your experiences, your conversations, and your relationships throughout your day. It changes everything. Yeah, pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. I love that challenge. I second that challenge, listeners. Awesome. (laughs) What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful, Marcy? I have so many superpowers. (laughs) (laughs) We all do. (laughs) You know what? Self-responsibility comes up as one of the key ones. Taking responsibility for myself, my actions, how I show up, and in how I am being in this world. So when I came to the truth of who I am through a lot of introspection and self-awareness and self-discovery, I realized, for example, in my relationship with my son's dad, how I was showing up and how I contributed to the ultimate divorce. And, you know, when we take responsibility for ourselves, we actually are harnessing our power. I think for the way that we live in our society, nobody wants to take responsibility for themselves. It's always, it's somebody else's fault or they did this or pushing blame and judgment on others. And that is the very thing that is keeping us from connecting to that place of inner power. When we take responsibility, it's like radical responsibility, radical responsibility. When we take that radical responsibility, it's like this light bulb moment goes off. It's like, Oh my gosh, I can now see how I was showing up. And then here's the magic. Then when we have that awareness and that understanding, guess what? We get to choose again. We get to choose. And when you realize that you have the power to choose, it's like, oh my gosh, I can choose my life. And your then, world opens up and shifts. Yes. Everything shifts and changes and you realize you have a choice in everything in your life. We are the architects 
of our own lives. We can build and create whatever life we want for ourselves. Just so own your shit, people. <laughs> and you know, it, it sounds scary to own your shit. And it's not about blame or judgment. No. It's about having that like understanding of yourself and how you show up. And that actually feels really good. It's like, it's just like this massive moment of, oh, I get myself now. And it's like this <laughs> joyous moment of, self-awareness and it feels really, really good. So speaking of success, how do you define that word, Marcy? What does the word success mean to you? Success to me comes down to how much joy I am experiencing every single day, every single day. How much joy am I feeling in my body? Am I experiencing around me? How present am I is also a huge part of my success. If I have a day, because I'm human and I have my shit too, you know, and there are days where I lose my presence. I lose, you know, the truth of who I am. And, you know, coming back to that space of presence, which my time in the morning brings me back to, is really important to me. So feeling the presence and that always connects me to the joy. Beautiful. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after learning it? It sounds so simple, (laughs) but life is for living, okay? So Mm -hmm. when we realize that our life is meant for experiencing things and we give ourselves that permission to experience new things, to try to start again, that's when we are truly living and our soul is starting to experience what it wants and we start to loosen the grip on the attachment to outcomes in our life. And we start to live for ourselves and our inner joy. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? There's quite a few people, but honestly, the biggest impact is from my son, my son, Johnny. Everything for me, the moment when he was born, it was like I knew what love really was. There were two moments in my life so far where I really knew what love was and how I wanted to live and how I wanted to feel every day. And it was, it's with my son, just that feeling of complete love, like so much love. And in the death of my brother, I realized what love really was. That's incredibly powerful. Hey, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. I'll do my best. (laughs) (laughs) You got this. I I believe in you, Marcy. What is your favorite stress-reducing activity? Meditation. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? (laughs) Does not follow the rules. (laughs) (laughs) What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Ooh, that's tough. Um, Self-awareness for all. What never fails to make you laugh? My son. What is your biggest fear? Being alone. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? understanding. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What's an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? I think that one, you know, goes without saying, um, you know, my brother's life really was a huge blessing. And, you know, he, he died at the age of 36. He was young. And also it was the experience of his soul that his soul came here to experience. And I really learned that through his passing. What character traits do you respect most in other people? Honesty, integrity, that radical responsibility, Mm -hmm. right? Owning your shit, love, 
understanding gratitude and playfulness. Yeah. We forget as adults, I've, I've had this conversation quite a few times as of late, where when we start adulting, mm-hmm. it's like we completely lose sight of and forget that it's okay to be a kid too, because we're, again, this speaks to societal conditioning, parental conditioning. Oh, stop acting like a kid. And what the mm-hmm. fuck's wrong with that? Why can't we act like a kid every once in a while? It, it breathes life into people, I think. And it it's good to remember what it's like to be a kid and have that playfulness and that innocence. Yeah. I have a a really brief story here that I I just am feeling called to share quickly. So I started parenting at the age of three when my parents were divorced and I had two brothers and I instantly took on that caregiver role. And so I never really learned how to play. And so as I was in, you know, my self-development and growth journey, I was working with this wonderful woman, this wonderful guide. And I realized that because I was never playing and I never learned how to play. And my son was about three or four at that time. And I was struggling as a single parent with him because I was just like at my wits end with him. And I realized that he just wanted me to play with him, yeah. you know, and I hated playing. Like he loved Hot Wheels cars yeah. and I hated it. I would literally sit down to try and play and I would be like getting all angry and bottled <laughs> up inside. And I realized it's because I never learned to play and I I was instant caregiver. And so my role as parent has actually, part of it has been learning how to play again. And he is my greatest teacher. And so I felt very called to share that message for um, the parents out there who may be experiencing disconnect or challenges with your children, just to try and play with them. Thank you for sharing that, Marcy. Yeah, you're welcome. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? I wanted to put a shift on it because most people ask, what's the best piece of advice? I want to hear the worst piece of advice. I've got it. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to put your foot in your mouth. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -mm. No. Do not lose your voice. Express yourself. Even if it comes out the wrong way and you don't Mm -hmm. intend it that way, you can always go back and apologize and say what you really meant in the moment, but do not dull yourself for the comfort of other people. What aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career? You know, it's almost like resilience, but it goes beyond that. It's like, I'm a lifelong learner and I love trying new things. And so when I give myself permission to start again, it's really fun for me. And I can go into all the aspects of learning again. So I think the permission piece is huge, but also the desire to want that growth and to want to learn new things and to be willing to start again from the bottom. In the last two years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? The belief of soul paths and soul experience that we're all here for a reason and our our souls are desiring to experience certain things. And so one of the ways that I help guide my clients is to help them remember what it is that their soul desires and a really easy way to do that is to remember the things that you say you always want to do. So for example, one woman recently said to me, I really want to move to Italy. Like I really, really want to move to Italy. I'm like, you need to move to Italy. 
Yeah. Because what we don't realize is that that experience has deep seeds in what our soul is desiring to experience. And that is tied to our purpose. Beautifully said. I love that. Again, this is a thing that needs to be put into practice and takes work to be able to do that and shift to be able to do that. Wrap your head around it all. Right. And that comes back to all of the pieces of the work that I do with my clients, right? Because you're right. It's so much easier said than done. And so this is why, you know, I'm a guide is to peel back all of the layers and the things that are keeping us from living in our truth and who we are and our full expression. So it is work. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's get us down to bare bones, right down to the foundation, the studs and build it back up again. Mm -hmm. But think of it like this, like how beautiful would that work be for you if you were able to do the things you said you wanted to do? Like Mm -hmm. if you were able to do those things because you did the work, wouldn't it be worth it to you? Absolutely. 100% it would. It pays off in dividends for sure. Mm -hmm. For life. Yeah. It's just a matter of the people knuckling down, I guess, bearing down and doing the work, being willing to put in the work. I think that's the hardest part for people because you have to look within and people don't sometimes don't like what they see inside. Mm -hmm. That's a huge truth as well. And when we don't want to see our truth and see who we are, it can keep us. Yeah. It holds us back. Yeah, Yeah, it does. We put ourselves, it's self-imposed prison. Yes, exactly. Right. So the big piece there though, too, is like, there's no judgment, you know, we all F up and we all make mistakes and that's part of life. That's part of our experience. Right. Yeah. So, you know, non-judgment is a huge component and a huge piece of coming to, and that starts by not judging others and not judging yourself. For sure. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? My grandma Arlene, who passed away, I was in college. So I was probably in my early 20s. I love history. I love stories. And I love family lineage and ancestral stories. So I would love to sit down with her and just take the time to actually talk to her and hear stories. And I think that's a piece of our community um, and our societal, you know, experiences. We don't take the time to be with our elders and to hear their deep wisdom in the stories. We have so much to learn from them. I've heard people say, if you could, when you're younger, if you could go in and volunteer at an, at an old age care facility, you know how much wisdom you would gain, how much you would learn doing that work. Like it's Mm -hmm. incredible and it's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually did volunteer when I was in high school. I was part of a program called volunteens and Mm -hmm. granted the work was a little bit different. We were working with brain trauma patients. But yeah, I mean, those experiences are huge for our knowledge and our experience of life. And so, yeah, I mean, if I could go back, no, why not right now? Right? Yeah, true. We we can do it now. So start now, start asking your, you know, your elders and your community or your families, just stories and just talking to them. Yeah. Yeah. Storytelling is one of the greatest gifts that the world has given us. I mean, there's so much knowledge there and it's beautiful to be able to share stories. I mean, look back in time, how important storytelling, storytelling is a staple Mm -hmm. in society. It It is. 
It's very important. And we're losing that very valuable key component. And so, yeah, that's, I guess, something that we can start shifting, starting with ourselves. Yep. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? (laughs) Loosen up. Just loosen up. (laughs) Don't be so serious. Go out, have fun, play, experience joy and life without needing to have some, you know, outcome to it. Just go have fun. Detach from the outcome, from the expectation. Yeah. Lastly, Marcy, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your tribe, your people, your corner of the world, What would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? My wish for you, my prayer for you, is that you give yourself permission to live a big, loud, happy, joyous life and figure out what that looks like and what that means for you and nobody else. Go find out what that means and live it for yourself. Beautifully said. Thank you very much for being here today, Marcy, for taking the time to share with me and the audience your journey, your story. You are a truly beautiful soul, an inspirational human being, woman, and soul. And keep shining your bright, beautiful light into the world and doing the amazing things that you're doing out in the world. I appreciate you, and I'm honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Mm, Thank you so much for those kind words. I'm so grateful to have been here and to share this space with you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Marcy Dumphy. She is a women's self-discovery guide. Thank you so much, Marcy. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.